Okay, so today, unlike some days, I actually am really excited to preach the topic. And the reason I say it like that is sometimes you're given a topic and you're like, I am the last person on earth that should be talking about this. Like, for instance, if I'm supposed to preach about patience or, um, I don't know, controlling the tongue. Thankfully, I don't get that message this year. But uh, today I'm really feeling the sermon. Uh, I woke up this morning and I was thinking about my topic and I was texting a friend that we've just visited up in Duluth and I was like, you know, sometimes you don't feel it and then other times you do. And I'm feeling it today, so buckle up, okay? <laughs> Brian and I had a chance to take our kids up to Duluth for the last couple of days and this is where we lived before we moved here. We were there about nine years and we were there long enough that it really felt like our friends had become our family, you know, when that happens. And so we were with some of our favorite people on the planet, and then we dropped our three kids off at Good Friends, and then Brian and I drove up the shore to Grand Marais, and it was our anniversary. And so we thought, what better way to celebrate 17 years than to run a trail race together? I think that that's what 17 is. You know, there's the paper anniversary, the diamond anniversary, and then there's the trail race anniversary, and apparently it's 17. And there just happened to be this trail race that you could run 17 miles. And so it's sort of a long story, and if you want to hear it, we'll probably tell you a hundred times. But what happened was it was, became this up-down run, and so you could choose how many laps to do, and we could literally run almost exactly 17 miles. So we're running, and we thought, oh my gosh, okay, we have to do this four times, and it was uphill, and then it was downhill, and there was a beautiful view at the top. I saw friends from Duluth. We saw, we made friends because that's who we are. I made a friend at the potties. And then I kept seeing her and saw how she was. And then Will was running the 50K. And so I was like, way to go, Will, because we keep passing each other. Okay, so it's like a rotation. Bob Gazzola and Alicia Gazzola, John and Carrie Lillimo were there. And it was great. Well, about halfway through the fourth, we were like, what if we did another one? What if we ran another lap? And I was like, geez, I don't know. Let me see how my knees feel on the way back, and about halfway down, I think, our fourth loop, I said, let's do another one. So we grabbed some food, and we just decided to do another one. So we ran 21.3 miles on a trail yesterday for our anniversary, and it was great. And I don't tell you that to, like, boast, but more like just rejoice, because I looked at myself this morning, and I was like, that body is 45 years old, and it just ran 21 miles on the trail. So I'm just excited about that today. But true confessions, sometimes my health is a mess. I know sometimes we have this persona as the askers, like we eat really healthy and we're all fit, and I don't know, we just like live this, okay, I'm getting a nod. And even my brother-in-law was just visiting, and after two days at my house, he said, do you have any unhealthy food in this house? And I was like, have you seen my pantry? So I can go for days and apply sunscreen in the winter, in Mankato, and then I go on vacation and I get absolutely fried to the point of peeling, right? I can text while I drive. True confessions. Other times I can be super faithful and put my cell phone in the back where I can't reach it. We can faithfully grill chicken and eat our veggies. Or then when my Aunt Sandy comes to visit and she makes this amazing chocolate bread and an apple pie, and we decide to have some of both in the afternoon. I'm also notorious for staying up too late watching a show at night and then wonder why I'm so tired and crabby the next day. How about you? When you think about your health, do you feel like you have a healthy relationship with your health or does it sometimes feel messy? Okay, let's look at the United States. I got a little too interested in this this week and I probably spent a little much too, too much time uh, doing some research, but it was interesting. And so let me say something and see if you know the word. 
Do you guys know the word athleisure? Anyone? Yep, I see some hands out there. If you're at home, raise your hand. Is that me doing that? Is it my earring? Okay, I'm taking the earring off. Athleisure. We have so many people who either highlight working out or like to give the impression of working out or yoga that we have an entire fashion trend and clothing lines that are called athleisure. It happened about in the 70s. It's a very interesting history. You can look it up. Anyone know what Lululemon is? Okay. Lululemon is a company that isn't super old. It's been around long enough to now in the United States alone, I believe that this is accurate, they make about $5 billion of revenue in our country alone. Internationally, $300 billion. I know moms and dads, when your kids ask for Lululemon, you're like, yeah, they better be making that kind of money because their leggings are expensive. We love to talk and be healthy in our country. It's been a trend since about the 80s. Our public health funding has increased at least 33% in the last five years. And did you know this? The state of Minnesota ranks 15th in 50 states, just for those of you who maybe don't remember that, in overall all health this year. 15th, that's actually pretty good, right? However, even the United States, our health can get messy. About 50% of American adults have chronic illness that is treatable. About 80% of adults are not meeting the key guidelines for both aerobic and muscle strengthening activity. This lack of health, physical activity, leads to $117 billion of annual health care costs and about 10% of premature mortality. And sometimes racial or economic disparities only make it worse. In 2020, the rate of black mothers dying because of pregnancy-related issues was three times that of white mothers. American adults are more likely to exercise if they're over 25, and they make more than $75,000 a year. So clearly, if we have the money, and actually education adds into that, then we can exercise. But what if you don't make that much money in a year? What if you don't have all of the privileges and then let's talk about the pandemic, shall we, just for a minute? <clears throat> Masks, vaccines, social distancing. It's so clear, isn't it? I mean, even now, and you're trying to figure out what the rules are and how it works, it is a mess, and it has been a mess. We've been talking in a series about various things that create messes or just are messes in our lives and how we can, as followers of Jesus, find self-control in the midst of it all. And it doesn't mean that we're trying to control areas of our life, but we're looking to God to help us to get a handle on some of those things so that those things don't control us. And today we're going to talk about health. First, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to read the scriptures. So please pray with me. God, as I speak about this today, um, I know that it can be really uncomfortable for some people. Uh, there could be people that have chronic illnesses in this room, and they've done nothing to deserve it. Uh, Lord, sometimes we inherit things, or we are in situations or even seasons when we are unable to be healthy in the ways that you call us to. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be present as we go to your word. Lord, as we live in community together, and Lord, that we receive the grace that you give us as we struggle with our messes. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to read from John chapter 1, 
in the First Nations version. It's a translation that I've been studying lately. It's uh, translated from indigenous leaders. And we're going to start at John chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, in the time before all days, before the creation of all things, the one who was known as the Word was there face to face with the Great Spirit. This Word fully represents Creator and shows us who He is and what He is like. He has always been there from the beginning, for the Word and the Creator are one and the same. Through the Word, all things came into being, and not one thing exists that He did not create. That's 1, 1 through 3. And then we're going to skip to verse 14. Creator's word became a flesh and blood human being and pitched his sacred tent among us, living as one of us. We looked upon his great beauty and saw how honorable he was, the kind of honor held only by this one son who fully represents his father, full of his great kindness and truth. John starts his book highlighting things that sometimes I don't often meditate on or think about other than at Christmas. Jesus came as a baby. We kind of think about that infant, what was it like, was he crying, all those things. But other than Christmas, I don't often really think about the fact that Jesus was a human being. He had skin and bones and muscle. I don't always remember this, that he was a baby and then eventually he grew up and was a toddler, was a teenage boy, and then was a young man. There were aspects of Jesus' life that were thick with human flesh and blood and bodies. Mark 4 tells us about a time that Jesus was so tired he falls asleep in a boat, and even though there's a storm, he is just knocked out. Sometimes Jesus got so tired, he slept through a storm. John 4 includes a story that mentions Jesus was so tired that he sat down and his disciples kept going to get food. And as he sat there, he was thirsty, and a woman came, and he said, can you get me a drink? And it struck me as I was studying that this week, maybe he did that because he was, like, so tired, he literally couldn't get himself a drink, and he literally needed help. Jesus' body got tired. Jesus' body got hungry and thirsty and hot. Numerous times, we can look through the scriptures and see how Jesus healed people's bodies, They came to him because they were sick, infirm. There were things that were not whole in their bodies, and he fixed it because he cared about their bodies. John 13 includes Jesus, the famous scene of him eating with his disciples the night before he's going to go to the cross. And what does he do? He washes their feet. And again, as I studied this week, it struck me, Jesus did that because he had this whole image about serving and wash your feet, and, you know, it's meant to be an image. Instead of also thinking about, they actually needed their feet washed back then because they wore sandals and they got dirty. And Jesus was actually performing a task that helped their bodies. So in John 1, when it talks about Jesus becoming flesh, He didn't leave behind his divinity. He didn't leave behind his godliness to become human. He was somehow able to become human and remain God. It really is amazing. And I think I've been convicted as I think about this, how in the church, we don't often do a good job of honoring the body the way Jesus did, honoring his own body and honoring others. One of my favorite authors is Lauren Winner, and she says this, Christians almost have a Gnostic relationship with our bodies. We tend to deny 
rather than rightly order desires for sex, food, and even sleep. Now, parentheses, I'm not talking about sex today. I'm lucky enough that I get to preach about that in a few weeks. So if today feels uncomfortable, this is your cakewalk and warm-up. And then come on back for sexual desires, okay? Oh, yeah, I can see that back there. You're excited, aren't you? But Lauren Winter talks about Gnosticism. Now, if you want to, look it up later. But just briefly, the Gnostics were famous for believing that anything temporary, like, didn't matter. So therefore, our bodies, which we know aren't going to last forever, it doesn't really matter what we do with them. However, we also know people on the other end of the spectrum, where their bodies everything. And what they eat, how they spend their time, what they talk about, how they dress, what they're texting, it is all about the body. And sometimes in our country, I think we go back and forth. And unfortunately, sometimes in the church, we go back and forth. I love that phrase of Lauren Winners, to rightly order your bodily desires. That doesn't mean that our body de- bodily desires are wrong. They can't be because Jesus had some of them, and he was perfect, and he was still God. But it also doesn't mean you just do whatever the heck your body wants, because it doesn't really matter, and we can do whatever we want with it. So when we talk about self-control, I think when we think about self-control, it's a rightly ordered way of living life, right? Self-control, rightly order. Jesus. How did Jesus do it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how was he fully human and perfect at the same time? Gosh. However, it says that he did. He was fully God, fully representing who God was, and he pitched his sacred tent among us. I love that. He became a flesh and blood human being with a heartbeat, with eyebrow hair, you know, with blisters, I'm sure. Jesus can be our model. Look and see how Jesus interacted with his body and others' bodies. Now, I have to say this. Jesus never ran a marathon. He never did a keto diet, as far as I know. I don't even know if he did a Daniel fast. These are all things people talk about. But he lived in such a way that he rightly ordered those desires. He took a nap and slept like a rock when he needed to in a storm. He sat down and got water when he needed it. We also know from other sections, he took a break and prayed and went out by himself because he needed it. But he didn't just do it so that his body was fine. Actually, the scriptures say he was not anything great to look at. Isaiah says that. But he must have done it in such a way because we never read about Jesus saying, gosh, I really need a day off, folks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I need a vacation. I'm done with you. He doesn't do that. He lived in such a way that health was rightly ordered, I would argue, so that he could live and serve others. So let's look at how God made us as humans. We're going to go to Genesis 1, starting in verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. There is something about male and female that both together reflect the full image of God, not one or the other. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, and this is before sin entered the picture, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Not animals yet. That happened after the fall. They didn't eat animals yet. They ate plants and fruits and vegetables. 
Food existed before sin. Does that give somebody freedom this morning? Because it just gave me a little bit more. Food existed before sin. Therefore, I think hunger existed before sin. It was okay. It's okay to be hungry. God gave them food that was good to eat. He provided for them. He also said that it was good, not in this section, but elsewhere in Genesis. God made all things and made them good, including our flesh, bodies, hair. Man, my hair fell out so much this morning, and all I could think about is, how could I put that into my sermon? So I just did. I imagine since they were eating, they pooped before, right? I mean, that's just how it works. I don't know, maybe they didn't. God created us also to have a body. If God made it, and God became it, then we should care about it. Put that on a bumper sticker. Okay? Are you following me? If Jesus took time to care for his body, then it's okay for us, too, to take care of our body. However, how can we rightly order our desires and our care for our bodies? Okay, this is the buckle up part. Are you ready? My body, my choice. Have we heard this? Okay. It maybe means, don't tell me to put a mask on. Don't tell me I need a vaccine. Don't tell me I need to fill in the blank. Okay? How is that honoring to my body or others? On the other side, this is my body. And when I choose my own health care and decisions about pregnancy, this is my body. And this is my choice. I don't know about you, but it doesn't sound biblical. There might be other arguments for either of those, but that argument in and of itself that this is my body and therefore it is my choice, I do not think is biblical. My body is not my own. In fact, Scripture says my body was bought at a price with someone else's body. So how can we follow Jesus and act like humans who are made in the image of God, living amongst others, who are also made in the image of God. What if our bodies are not our own? What if we consider that we are actually part of the body of Christ? And we are connected intricately. And I don't know how this works, but even with people that don't know Jesus. They're not the part of the body of Christ like believers are, but they're part of humanity and Jesus, regardless of where people are at spiritually, served them. How can we do that? One of the things we've been talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. <coughs> Help me, Lord. And the last one is self-control. What does it look like to have self-control when it comes to our body? Pastor Brad has been suggesting these three things, and we'll have it on a slide. Daily connection daily confession, daily submission. So let's start number one, daily connection. Well, y'all, just pray. I mean, when you're wondering, how do I connect with Jesus? Just talk to him. He's right there. In the Lord's Prayer, if you think of it, ask God for our daily bread. It's in the Lord's Prayer. 
What if we ask God to provide food for us and to give us wisdom when it comes to what we eat? Do we do that? I think we just all assume we're going to have food and that's about where it lasts. But what if we actually had a relationship with God where we invited him into talking about our meals? The scriptures tell us also not to get drunk, to avoid gluttony, to rest. So read what God says about your bodies and actually do it. Just a suggestion. The next is confession. Well, where does the binge happen? The staying up too late, the lack of caution on the roads, the risks that are taken that are not just bad for my health, but honestly for all of yours. I actually, last night driving home from Duluth, I said to Brian, can you get my sunglasses? And he was like, where are they? And I'm like, they're right there, you know, up in the little thing. I didn't even want to take my hands off the wheel because I was feeling tired. I don't think it was unsafe, but do you know what I mean? I just thought right now I'm not even going to grab my shades while I'm driving. But how about also confession where I don't really care about your bodies? Or I don't care about the bodies that are afraid to go back into grocery stores in Buffalo. Or I don't care about the bodies fill in the blank. And the last is submission. I don't know where you're at with your health, but what is God calling you to? Maybe it's just one thing. Gosh, I should maybe do that differently. We listen to a lot of voices when it comes to those three things. The voices we're connecting to, how we feel convicted about things, and who we submit to. And a current survey found that 66% of evangelicals use Facebook every day. 66%. 39% of us use YouTube every day, and 32% of us use our Bibles every day. What voices are you listening to? What images are in your mind about what healthy looks like? How is scripture combating some of those voices? Kim Kardashian lost 16 pounds in three weeks to fit into that Marilyn Monroe dress that Marilyn actually had to be sewed into. And then she showed up on the cover of Sports Illustrated showing off most of her body, as fine as it might be. But did you know also this Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition includes a 76-year-old woman of Elon Musk and the first Native American woman ever? There is some movement towards rethinking what is beautiful in our culture. However, men, I went on Men's Health online, and I'm sorry, but you still got to be like young and buff and cut. I don't know. I couldn't find anything. Yep, okay. So what voices are you listening to about health? I was trying to think about, okay, this is sort of one of those where we could get in the weeds, you know. What should you be doing exercise-wise and health-wise? And what does it really look like for me to take care of my body in such a way so that I can serve? How much sleep do you need? And do you know what? Everybody's different. Brian and I decided to run 21.3 miles yesterday, our anniversary, and we both feel pumped up. Some of you throw up just thinking about driving up that far to Grand Marais. Everybody's different. And that's okay. It's totally fine. Do what you need to do to stay healthy. Maybe it's stretching. Maybe it's taking your dog for a walk. Maybe it's gardening. I don't care what it is, but move your body. Think about your health. I don't care what you eat, but maybe think about what you're eating and ask God if it's honoring. But I was trying to think of an inspirational story. And when I thought of someone who not only took care of herself but took care of others, I thought of Mother Teresa. And maybe some of you younger folks don't really know who Mother Teresa is, but she was famous for literally living her lives in the slum of the earth in India and living among lepers and AIDS patients and the poorest of the poor. She would hold people as they died. She was amazing. But what I'm going to talk about today is that at one point, she wanted to eat like her people in Calcutta, who basically are beyond the poverty line. I mean, it's so low, I don't even think you can measure it. And she decided to eat salt and rice. And her fellow sisters, because she was a nun, said, 
this is not sustainable. If you want to give your life for these people, you got to eat some more food. So she decided at that point that she and her future sisters, because she led multiple people, they would eat simply but sufficiently in order to remain in good health and totally dedicate themselves to serving the poor. Isn't that likely how Jesus lived? Rightly ordered. God made it. God became it. Therefore, I should care about mine and yours. When I sleep enough, I have way more self-control. When I cut caffeine and sugar, I'm just a little bit more down here instead of too much. When I regularly exercise, my brain is clear, clearer. I have super low blood pressure. And I get injured less. My body feels better the better I take care of it. We're going to talk next week about schedules and rest. But today, when you think about how to rightly order, think, God made this. God became this. God cares about it. And we are created in God's image. Everyone else is around us. May we be faithful in how we follow Jesus as we believe that and act like we do.